The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. voice from hell, and you're listening to the big, scary show. <laughs> Hello, this is Doug Sheldon from Grand Rapids, Michigan, owner of The Haunt, and you're listening to the big, scary show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Erica from Hell's Grim and Haunted Mines in Colorado Springs, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. This is uh, Jeff Davis with Davis Graveyard. Uh, We're here in Milwaukee, Oregon on The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Donna Summers with the Banshee Manor Haunted Attraction, and we're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Greetings, everyone. Blah, blah, blah. It is I, your favorite vampire count, and I want to welcome you to the latest Big Scary Show, episode 254. Ah, ah, ah. We have a very good show in store for you, of course. Storm will be ranting about something in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim is in denial. Literally, as he talks about torture practices along the Nile River. See what I did there? Ho, ho, ho. Badger will be reading the latest in Deadline News to keep you up to date. The old crone returns talking about designing a new logo for your haunted attraction. And of course, we couldn't do this without the spooky tunes to keep you going through these cold winter months. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Hey! What did I tell you about bad Dracula accents? Get out and stay out! <sighs> Greetings, mortals and others. I am Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. 
Please join me and the other Big Scary Show hosts at the Roundtable of Terror as we discuss the finer points of marketing your haunted attraction for 2022. The conversation is lively and interesting, and I guarantee you'll learn something valuable, including why you don't use bad Dracula accents in your advertising. All that and so much more on this episode 254 of The Big Scary Show! <laughs> They are visitors from another galaxy. They are superior beings physically and mentally. Our government has kept them prisoners in suspended animation until one day they escape and their awesome power is unleashed on the world. Don't you understand what's happening here? What are they after? And when we find out, will it be too late? Wavelength. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Welcome back to Insanity Hall. Demented our logo on the Big Scary Show. Welcome back to Insanity Hall. Once you're in there, the gates are closed. You can't struggle, you can't fight. Once you're in there, there's no getting out. Staring at the blue lights and rusty iron bars. I'm going madness when the mind is in the stars. Dr. Gibbs Station is my manipulation. Why you in
special haunt industry announcement. We are pleased to inform you of the 2022 Fear Expo, which is a live in-person trade show taking place at the Owensboro Convention Center in Owensboro, Kentucky. The show will start on January 21st, 2022 and end on January 23rd, 2022. This trade show promises to be highly interesting and informative, including three knowledge-filled days of haunt master classes and truly amazing haunt industry vendors from all over the country. You can also expect loads of fun with after-hour events, like the Friday Night Rock Party with live bands and Mr. Hyde's Alter Ego Costume Bash on Saturday night. There will also be a nightmare networking session, a haunt tour, and more. Best news of all for the vendors, your first 10 by 10 booth is free, so it would be wise to plan ahead and lock in your space now. And for the haunt owners, a mission is free if pre-ordered or $25 at the door. For more information, visit FearExpoLive.com. That's FearExpoLive.com. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so we just had the holiday season, the season of giving, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, all kinds of fun stuff. So you probably, you know, exchanged a couple gifts and probably got some cool stuff this year, which is always fun. But, um, you know, something I never thought about, and apparently is a thing, is receiving a haunted Christmas gift. Yes, that's right, it's apparently possible. Uh, ran across this one advice column, and the person was asking for help because they, you know, are having an issue with a toy they bought their son. A little seven-year-old son loves panda bears, so they got him a panda doll. And everything was fine for a few days until the kids started saying that the panda was making angry faces at him. Uh, okay. So he took it away for a couple days, and, you know... Seem to be okay, but no, the kids start saying, yeah, the panda has talked to me. Okay. And it's, um, you know, it's, e- it's evil, it's haunted, and, um, yeah, it's going to harm me. So, they're, they're not, they're writing for advice on what to do, and not like, in a super spiritual sense on how to get rid of it and stuff. They're like, well, you know, he's tried to destroy the panda by stomping on it and by burying it in the snow. And uh, we we just want to, you know, save it, tell him we're going to teach it to not be evil, and, and put it in a closet and give it to him later when he wants it back. No, you can't do that. No, the, 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 kid, the kid thinks that this evil panda bear is going to murder him in his sleep. You, you can't just stuff it in a closet for him to find later on and then to give it. So, yeah, no, you, 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 you have a kid saying that the, you know, Evil Haunted Panda Bear, you, you check into a couple things, but yeah, that, that thing's in the next waste bin going down to the landfill. You, you can't be keeping that stuff around and, you know, sage it, burn it, I, I don't know. But, you know, your advice should not be, do we keep it in a closet? Uh, but, however, what a great backstory and concept for your Christmas haunt next year. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com.
Hello everyone, Drew Badger here. This is Deadline News for episode 254. And we're going to start off with this update from Transworld. We are excited to share the theme of this year's costume ball. Join us Saturday night, March 19th as Transworld presents Trick or Treat, a vintage Halloween costume ball as Transworld's Halloween and Attraction show winds down. It's time to dust off your costumes, gather your friends, and prepare all your tricks because Transworld is serving up a real treat this year. Let's go back to the days of trick-or-treating glory where every porch has a light on and the images of jack-o'-lanterns illuminate our memories. Ghosts, witches, and vampires roam the streets and fill the America's Center Ballroom in St. Louis for an evening of nostalgic Halloween entertainment as we look forward to the upcoming season of Screams with eager anticipation. Join us with a live DJ, dancing, door prizes, drinks, including a cash bar, appetizers, and more. This is your chance to party with haunters from around the world and celebrate the end of another successful show. Costumes and creative attire are allowed and encouraged, but not required. As you party the night of way as the final celebration of the 2022 Halloween and Attraction Show. Tickets are limited, and when they're gone, they're gone. You won't want to miss this ultimate Halloween party as it only happens once a year. Sponsored by Froggy's Fog and Donay Insurance. Get more information at haashow.com. We have this news from the Factory of the Dead haunted attraction in Saginaw, Michigan. Valentine's Massacre is a one-day-only event on Saturday, February 12th from 7 to 10 p.m. It's limited to the first thousand tickets sold. And note, this event is the single most popular event of the year. This event will sell out. Valentine's is a perfect bloody date night. Highlights include a free photo opportunity. Valentine's Candy and Factory of the Dead will have started renovating with all new scenes and screams. No teenager drop-offs. This is a timed event and wait times are short. Teenagers must have an immediate ride after exiting the attraction. Minors must have an adult accompany them through the haunt or be waiting for pickup. Experience the all-new Factory of the Dead in February. Make sure to book your escape room, jelly ball, and axe throwing ahead of time as they will also book fast. Get more information at factoryofthedead.com or facebook.com slash factory of the dead. We have an update to Days of the Dead coming to Atlanta. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actor Kane Hodder to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Atlanta, happening February 25th through the 27th at the Sheraton Atlanta Hotel. A modern horror icon that needs little introduction, Kane Hodder is best known for his portrayal of Jason in four of the franchise's installments from Friday the 13th Part 7 through Jason X. He's also appeared in films in the Hatchet franchise, Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, Waxwork, Wishmaster, 2001 Maniacs, and many, many, many more. Get tickets and more information at daysofthedead.com. We have some news on a Krampus event coming to Baltimore, Maryland. This comes via Baltimore Krampus Facebook group. Cupid or Krampus, who are you going to spend your Valentine's Eve with? On Sunday, February 13th, we are calling all Krampus, cryptids, cosplayers, and humans to join us for this meet and greet while enjoying incredible food. 
There will be tables for singles ready to mingle, making new friends, and for those looking to brush up on their naughty catching skills. Wear your favorite costume for additional prizes. We'll also have a free raffle and provide a quick overview of our upcoming events. You may meet a date for Valentine's Day, but you will definitely make some new friends and have some fun. This event will be located in the party room at Alexander's Tavern, 710 South Broadway in Baltimore. All COVID-19 safety protocols will be in place during the time of the event, and they will be followed. For more information, visit their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Baltimore Krampus. We have this update from the Mad Monster Party coming to Concord, North Carolina. Meet Sherry Lynn Fenn at Mad Monster Party. Sherry Lynn Fenn from Twin Peaks, The Wraith, Boxing Helena, Thrashin' and more joins the madness in North Carolina February 18th through the 20th. Photo ops are on sale now. For tickets, hotel info, and more, visit madmonsterparty.com. We have this news from the Chambers of Terror in Salem, Massachusetts. This comes to us via Ed Gannon. The Chambers of Terror presents an evening of midwinter ghost stories told fireside by candlelight. Join us for an evening of scary stories told by the fireplace like in the days of old. We will all sit down in a room lit by candlelight and I will share some ghostly tales with you. It's true. But more than this, I'll tell you why we're intrigued by these tales of the supernatural and a little history to put your fright into perspective. There are some complimentary foodstuffs and a small beverage popular in colonial days so you can appreciate the sense of the past a little more keenly. These gatherings are small to keep the integrity of the experience about mm, 16 people or so. Get more information at facebook.com slash Salem Chambers of Terror or chambersofterror.net And finally we have this update from Haunters Against Hate 2 coming to Lexington, Kentucky. It's the second Haunters Against Hate the event celebrating haunts, horror, and the LGBT communities all under one welcoming and non-judgmental environment. There will be the HAH Awards, drag shows, cosplay and makeup competitions, vendors, LGBTQ organizations, and even some baby goats and pigs. Hmm. And now we're happy to announce that LGBTQ actor and advocate Mark Patton from Scream Queen, A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, and more will be appearing at the second Haunters Against Hate, the event, July 8th through the 10th. Get your tickets, rooms, and vendor booths at HAHTheEvent.com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Since 2007, professional and home haunters alike 
have trusted our award-winning and dedicated skeleton crew to make their nightmares come true. Whether you need graphic design services, logos, websites, spooky visuals, or creepy changing portraits, we can help your business look its scary best. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show as we count down to our 10th anniversary just a few short weeks ago. And boy, we have a treat in store for you today. One of our very favorite guests. We always try to get him on this time of year. Uh, this one's a lot of a lot of this is for the haunt owners out there. You know, this is the time of year. A lot of haunt owners start getting their budgets together. What are you going to spend your money on? What set designs? What are you going to buy at Transworld and all the conventions and all that good stuff? And of course, how are you going to get people to your door? You know, if you have the greatest props, the greatest animatronics, the greatest music, the greatest actors, and nobody knows you're there you might have a problem. So how do we get people to your door, in your door, dropping some money down on some things that you definitely need to keep going? Well, we have somebody here that does just happen to know a thing or two about advertising. He is very, very well famously known in the haunt industry for putting on his marketing morgue series for many, many years at various conventions and shows. He is, of course, the voice from hell and actor extraordinaire, Mr. Dick Terhune from Litchfield, Connecticut, which surprisingly does not have many liches in it. Dick, how are you, sir? I am I am well, and actually I think it's because it's spelled differently, because the lich, the, uh, the corpse that has been reanimated by its own spirit is spelled L-I-C-H. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe for copyright reasons, the town of Litchfield threw a T in there. Eh, you know, there's always a loophole somewhere. That's the <laughs> lawyers. What can you do? <laughs> what, didn't Shakespeare say kill them all at one point? <laughs> uh, he was at least one person who did, I'm sure. <laughs> well, welcome, Dick. And we also want to welcome our normal host here. Not too far down the road, up in Warwick, Rhode Island, we have Storm. I think there's some nice turkey farms in Litchfield. It's a, you know, it's a nice driving area. Might be some undead turkeys. I saw a few of those over the holidays. Maybe. Oh, down that's in what those were. Okay. <laughs> down in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have Meat Hook Jim. Unfortunately, sometimes I think my wife is a lich. You said you said lich, right? With an L. Yes. Uh, okay, just making sure. Yeah. Oh, she is a witch, but I think she's a witch, too. Oh, witch was what he was saying. Gotcha. No problem. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway, going down to Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have the old crone, Jana. Welcome. Hi, I am uh, 
so excited about tonight. I was fangirling, uh, getting so excited about getting to uh, talk with the voice from hell. <laughs> and is it everything is- you imagined it would be? Yes. And we're only getting started. I know. <laughs> we will uh, hopefully keep her somewhat constrained during this my name is drew badger down in charlotte north carolina it is cold it is rainy it is typical winter here so now is the perfect time to talk about advertising and the upcoming haunt season but before we do that dick let's take a little trip back about a month or so maybe then maybe a little bit longer um you for the past few years have been putting on a one-man play for a very very famous holiday classic and you expanded upon that this year would you care to elaborate sure back in 2019 i i I staged a one-man version of a christmas carol in which i played over 30 characters doing the entire story all by myself um there are some people who can't wrap their heads around that concept i was one of them but I uh, I was asked to do it by a very good friend of mine who who wanted to direct the show. I had seven months to memorize the script, and it played very well to some very nice audiences. Last year, we were unable to do live performances, but we were able to stream a video that we had made, and that proved very popular, so popular, in fact, that this past November, December, I took the show out on tour, and I was uh, warmly received in Lincoln, Nebraska, my old stomping ground. I also performed in Boston and uh, at, a, at a museum here in Connecticut, and it was all extremely well-received. Everybody has asked me back, and I am hoping to perform in even more and different venues next November and December, so... You know, if if you have a theater near you that you think might be interested in this kind of holiday entertainment, it's one man, one set, it's all me, it's the whole story, just me and the voices in my head. Uh, we will uh, talk about how to arrange that sort of thing perhaps uh, a little later in the show. But, yeah, it's great because Christmas Carol is, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest ghost story ever told. And that's the way I approach it. Um, I incorporate music from Midnight Syndicate's Christmas album, A Ghostly Gathering. I hope everybody listening to this show gets a chance to see it at some point, because I want to do this every Christmas for as long as I live. I love doing this. (laughs) Well, you know, you did have it last year when you were streaming. You know, I, I managed to catch that on YouTube. And I guess that was not up this year. Are there any plans to maybe release that as a DVD or an, or stream it again? Do you know? The theater where that was originally produced has the rights to that particular performance, so that's entirely up to them. Um, if they bring me back live in the upcoming season, then no, they probably won't stream it. But, again, that's why I want to do it in different venues all around the country, just to spread it to different audiences because it really is a different experience live. And that's what I would love for audiences to feel. So that's what I'm working on. Excellent. And of course, at the end of the show, we'll give you a chance to 
play that out again. And uh, any of you theater folks out there, or if you know somebody in a theater department, maybe at a university or a community theater or something, I'm sure we will get that information out there for you to get a hold of him. But Dick, this is the time of year that haunts have, you know, they've gone through their receipts. They've figured out how much money they made this past season, maybe threw in the Christmas a little bit. And uh, they're preparing their budgets for next year. You know, Trans World's a couple of months away. You have Midwest, you have West Coast, you have other shows going on. And they're looking at, you know, the latest and greatest and probably expensive props and animatronics and and lighting and sound systems and paintball and, and escape rooms and all that. But if they can't get anybody in their doors... How how effective are those things? So I'm assuming that most haunts already or are putting together advertising budgets. This is really the time of year to do that, correct? Yeah, if they are not doing that yet, they really should be. Uh, anyone who is holding onto their checkbook until Transworld and just getting to you know getting ready to, as you say, buy all the big props and everything and the costumes and we're gonna add we're gonna add uh, witch shaped donuts and you know whatever other crazy and actually that doesn't sound too bad and whatever other crazy thing is going to be debuted at Transworld this year or whatever trade show you end up going to slow down hold on to your checkbook and let's talk about the most important thing how to get people in the door to admire all those expensive goods and implements that you're going to be importing but yeah we need to get people to cross the bridge to your door first. Now, I found, and this this may sound really ridiculous and obvious to say, but if you own a haunt and you were open this past season, you probably did well. Yeah, if you were open, you made money. But if you were open and you didn't do well, well, we need to review some things. We need to, you know, actually look at what were you spending your money on? Where were you spending it in terms of advertising and marketing? Did you go the traditional routes of, I suppose, broadcast radio, broadcast television, cable, or or something else? Did you incorporate social media? You know, have you taken a look at your advertising, media, and marketing blend for the past season? Now, if you were able to spend a decent amount of money, and by decent I mean something that didn't cripple the rest of your efforts, and you saw a good return on it, that's awesome. Keep doing what you've been doing. But if your returns were not as great, we really need to take a look at some things. Um, the things that uh, that I like to review with my clients, you know, the, the biggest one right now I think is social media. And everybody asks me, well, you know, how do you advertise on on TikTok? How do you advertise on Facebook? How do you advertise on Twitter? It's very simple. There's this thing called Google. And if you type in how to advertise on TikTok, an ad will show up that will lead you directly to business-tiktok.com. And it will lay out step-by-step how you can get your ad on TikTok in your area to your audience. Now, why am I mentioning TikTok 
Specifically, it's because you've got to be where your audience is. Where's your audience? On their phones. You need to get from their phones into their ears, into their eyes, into their heads, and into their hearts. Business-TikTok.com, or do like I just said, how to advertise on TikTok, how to advertise on Hulu. You actually can advertise on Hulu. It's called uh, OTT, or over-the-top TV advertising. So if you have a great video, a, a great video commercial, and it must be great, you can probably afford to run steamy, uh, steaming, streaming ads. We don't want any steaming ads. Streaming TV ads that will be delivered to viewers within the video content of whatever it is. If it be Hulu or Amazon Prime, yeah, you can also advertise on, on Prime Video as well. These are ads that really offer an opportunity to reach new audiences at a scale that you may have not considered before because more viewers are leaning into streaming video in lieu of traditional cable and broadcast TV. It is something you must look into. And in fact, when I was just looking around earlier today, um, you can buy in on Hulu for a minimum of $500. I think you need to spend more. You're definitely going to have to tailor it to you know, whatever audience, whatever programming you're trying to get, but they guide you through that. How to advertise on fill-in-the-blank. Start there. They want your business. They will help you do it, and you need to do it. Um, traditional radio, not as strong as it has been, but I still have a lot of success with it, and I still have a lot of clients who, who use it very effectively. Uh, primarily because in every bit of their advertising, whether it be traditional radio or use the same spot on Pandora or Spotify or or uh, cable TV or traditional broadcast TV or the OTT advertising that I just described for you, as long as it's very good, as long as it's very unique to what you're doing, as long as it, again, gets into the ears, gets into the eyes, the head, and the heart of the person who's experiencing it, you win. That's how you've got to do it. So it's not just where you go, and it's not just how much you spend to get there. It's also the content. You have to have, I mean, I mean, Johnny, you were telling, tell me the story about when you went to the radio station for, um, for the for the commercial that you wanted to do for, for your haunt. You you told me this just a few minutes ago. So I went to a radio station and I told them the the backstory of Banshee Manor, explained to them it was a medieval um Scottish castle theme, um, explained to him what a banshee was, kind of told them, you know, what kind of feel I wanted for it, um, gave them all the pertinent information as part. Okay. okay, so you told them, and it's like it's like you. Let, let's say you and I are having the conversation now about the creative that we're going to do on your commercial, um, Scottish Castle, a banshee, which is a terrible, horrible uh -huh. spirit that you only see or hear before you're about to die. I mean, already yeah. a story is forming in my head with with some sort yeah. of 
terrible, unearthly wailing going on, and, and what is that? And if you hear the banshee, it's too late. You're already dead. I might even use that line in the commercial. But tell me what happened. Um, they gave me some hokey Halloween music. And two young boys supposedly running out of the haunted house and saying, man, that was the scariest thing ever. You know, we need to go tell all of our friends they need to come here because it's the scariest thing ever. And then one boy says to the other, sure, but first we have to go home so I can change my pants. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. So pretty much anything you told them in this year, out that year, and let's just do a, a crappy Halloween commercial. Exactly. Well, literally, that's the call to action. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go home and change your pants. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Needless so then, to say, I did not use that commercial. <laughs> so what the, What then did you do? Um, I told them, never mind. I would produce it myself. And... um. I've been a fan of yours for a long time when you were on another haunt, uh, haunt related podcast and you had the marketing morgue and I've listened to those episodes a gazillion times. So I was prepared thanks to you as to what I needed my commercial to say. And so based on that, I got one of my actors who had a, a wonderful Scottish accent. I wrote the script and produced my own commercial and gave it to them, and that's what they ran. And I'm going to guess that that did not sound like any other Haunted House commercial that might have been on that station during that season. Not at all. Not at all. I was very proud of how that commercial came out. What kind was... of, I'm sorry, what kind of feedback and what kind of return did you get for running that ad? Not as good as I had hoped. And I think that's because um, I did not buy enough spots. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about on the radio, because I have not had really good success with with radio. The majority of the people who find me is through Google and Facebook. Um, But I don't want to throw radio completely out of the out of the window. I want to find out what I should be, you know, what time slots I should be looking at, what type of stations, you know, because we have a lot of different stations. We have country, we have hip hop, we have um, hardcore rock, we have pop, you know. Um, Can you give us some guidance on what are optimum spots and types of stations we should be going for so that we're getting the most bang for our buck? Well, the most maddening answer I can give you is it entirely depends on your market and your situation. Um, However, I do not feel that the format of the station necessarily needs to dictate if you're going to spend your money there. If the, quote, haunt audience, unquote, is listening to country or they're listening to rock or they're listening to hip hop. You actually, every haunt owner who's who's hearing this right now needs to examine your audience and figure out what they're paying attention to. If your audience is paying attention to the hip hop station, that's where you need to be, but not just traditional radio. Uh, I feel you also need to be investing in things like Spotify and Pandora and streaming services that will run your advertising locally and that can focus and 
target your advertising very well using the scarily accurate algorithms that they have developed to do just that. It can be a little pricier, but I think I find that the return on investment is probably a bit better for the streaming services these days. I am also not discounting traditional broadcast radio. I think it's great, and I think if you're using it correctly and you're buying enough of it in the right spaces, which, you know, that's basically your question, what are the right spaces, uh, then it does pay off for you. Unfortunately, my answer is it depends. It depends on your market. Is your audience listening in the early hours of the evening? Are they listening late at night when maybe they have the music on in the background doing homework? Or instead, do they have their, you know, their their earbuds in and they're, they're listening to Spotify or Pandora or whatever streaming music they might be listening to? That's the real riddle. Find out what your audience is paying attention to and then put your message in front of them in such a compelling way that they cannot help but be exposed to it. And it's like I always say, once they pay attention, they will pay admission. Yeah, the people who heard the spots, you know, they were like, that was awesome and that's why I'm here. It's just I wish more people had been saying that to me instead of, oh, I heard about it on Google or something. Let me ask you about um, remote um, remote spots. Uh, we did one, and it was a disaster. So what do you think of live remotes from radio, local radio stations? Uh, these days it is usually a disaster, unless you have a very, very popular on-air host who will come out to your haunt and do a great job and bring his or her following and really just promote the hell out of it, what you're probably going to end up with is some staffer on a cell phone who nobody cares about, and you just paid a lot of money for him or her to be there. Yeah, that's what I found out. Um, They had their DJ come by about an hour before the live remote was supposed to start. Um, I put him through the haunt with, um, you know, when had my actors get there early, so he went through the haunt, so he kind of, you know, was able to hype it up going, oh, yeah, that was really cool, blah, 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 you know. Um, and then he went to his truck. He edited a few little spots and shot him to the station. And then he went home. So oh, when so, he was so it wasn't to- actually a live remote. He was. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So whenever he was supposed to be doing his live remote and saying, hey, come down and see me, you know, and I had given him some tickets to give away. And everything expecting, you know, the traditional live remote that he would be in front of the haunt with his radio truck, you know, advertising, you know, hey, X, Y, Z, you know, I won't throw anybody under the bus. Um, and none of that happened. I mean, like by the time we opened, he wasn't even there in the parking lot anymore. His van wasn't even there anymore. So the radio station vehicle was not there either. There was there was no, no signage. There was no trace that Nothing. he or the radio station were promoting you at that point. Correct. Everything he did, he he recorded like four spots in his truck, sent them to the station, and then he left. And well, th- whoever was is... at the station was airing it through that hour, that quote hour that I had paid for them to do it. This and the happened. industry I mean, wonders why they're dying. Exactly. 
it this was not a to good thing. A number of haunt owners that have have come to me telling me the, the exact same story, and there is a technical term for what happened to you and them. You got screwed. That's exactly. what happened. Yeah. Um, if they're doing a live remote, then you need to make sure every you know everybody within the sound of my voice who is thinking, ah, yeah, we got, you know, the the afternoon guy at whatever station. We would love to have him here because he's got a big following. If you're signing them to do a remote, you have to make it crystal clear that they are there from this time to this time, and they are live whenever they go on the air, and that they are putting the entire promotional weight of the station or the station group behind them. Now, you also said that you gave him tickets to give away. Uh, yeah. when did that happen prior to the appearance? Um, he took them with him and, um, the people had to like go to the, they ended up having to go the next day to the radio station to pick them up again, a total disaster. So he gave them away. Uh, I'm trying to understand the sequence of events. He gave them away during this quote unquote remote as a contest. Yes. Yes. People had to call into the station to win it. But then they had to go to the station the next day to pick them up. They couldn't even just come straight to the aunt. Oh, man. Because so, I had given them to him and he left. So and many bad things. And I had no things. idea who was winning. <laughs> so many bad things right there. Yes. Uh, and, yes. And your haunt has a real limited run. It wasn't like, you you know, <clears throat> it's yes. something they could use over the next three weeks, too. Yes. I'm only open three weekends. That's it. Yeah. Anytime you're doing ticket giveaways with anyone, I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care what platform it is. I don't care what venue it is. That has to be part of the promotional lead up. You know, mm-hmm. at le- you know, a week before this appearance is going to happen, this guy should have been promoting on the show. Yeah, I'm going to be at this haunt on Friday night from this time. And if you want to be there with me, you can win two tickets right now by being caller whatever. Um, and you never, ever, ever, ever give a radio station physical tickets to give away. You make them keep a list with names and numbers and emails of the winners. And they turn that list over to you when they show up so that when the people show up, you not only have confirmed that they are the correct ticket winners, but guess what? You also have all kinds of dandy contact information to let them know next year. We're going to be open again. We're going to open these dates. We know you had a good time last time you were here. Come see what we got for you this year. So you're not only getting promotional value this year, you're getting promotional value next year. But never put your tickets in somebody else's hands. That also solves another problem I've run into, Dick, and that's where the radio station will ask for a block of tickets and resell them. Yes, and uh, I find it both unscrupulous, unethical, add whatever un you want to it for them to do that. I mean, unless mm. that's part of the deal. If if that's part of the deal to get you a better rate on your advertising that they will resell your tickets, that's for you to decide. But if they're taking your tickets and reselling them, oh, hell no. Oh, Definitely and, not. and at a half price, too. It's usually, you know, Crazy Wednesday website. Oh, you can get these. If you buy two, you're going to get two free from our deal website. You know, again, as long as that's something that is agreed to ahead of time, mm. 
That's okay, but you should not be giving away tickets for the you know second Saturday in October on a wacky Wednesday discount type thing. Um, and and th- and that's another point. Anytime you're doing promotions like this, you really need to front load your season. Uh, we all know that openings early on, like late September, early October, they can be a little soft. This is how you beef them up. You do your big promotional push early on. Let's face it, weekends two and three in October are going to drive themselves. You need to build up front to make the rest of the month an even bigger push. Oh, and here's the other thing you don't want to have happen. Giving a small stack of tickets to the radio station, I have heard more than once of how they end up in the paws of Tiffany, the receptionist, who then goes out to the club that night and just starts handing them out to her friends. Maybe they show up, maybe they don't, but you did not get any promotional value out of that, now did you? And God forbid if... uh... She started making some high-quality photocopies, too, because that happens every once in a while, too. <sighs> yeah, it's just, yeah. Well, Jonna, I certainly hope you learned your lesson, young lady. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Um, and um, I actually, I it scared me away from radio for a few years. Um, but I'm definitely, I am actually, I'm very happy. I have a very small haunt. But I'm very happy with the props and the rooms. I'm going to change up a few things this year. But the bulk of my budget is going into advertising this year because it is time for me to really make a big push to get those bodies there. And that's um, what's going to do it. That is absolutely yeah. going to do it. I mean, if you if you focus on, you know, not just the quantity, but the quality of your advertising mm-hmm. and your marketing efforts, it will pay off. What are some other types of, of promotions? You, you kept saying different promotions. Um, I did partner with a, a small little um, restaurant here. And they did Halloween trivia nights on Tuesdays through the month of October. So I sponsored that night by giving them tickets for the winning teams each night. Oh, what um, a natural tie-in. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, and, you know, that worked really well. Um, so I am all about, you know, helping to support other small businesses. This was a small restaurant that used to be a food truck. They had just take, got into a brick and mortar. And so I felt great partnering with them. Um, what are some other types of promotions that we can do leading up to opening day? One that I heard of a few years ago that I thought was just brilliant is actually similar to your, your restaurant trivia, trivia promotion, except what this haunt did was they had, 5,000 coasters printed up with the name of their haunt, the dates they were open, and their website for tickets on the coaster. And it was a college town. And so they basically just went around to every bar, every restaurant, within walking distance of every college in town, and said, here you go. Here's a, here's a couple hundred coasters. You know, we, we just like to give these to you, hope you'll use these during the month of October, and you try to get some sort of commitment that they will. Ooh, I'm in a college town. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that worked really well for them. Um, it was insanely cheap, too. I can't remember, but they, they told me how much they spent on them, and I, my jaw just dropped. 
because it was a pittance, an absolute pittance, and it paid off for them beautifully. This is what, what I you, tried. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, what if you took that coaster and then said, you may also maybe had printed on the coaster 10% off any item at our merch table or our merch booth. Also good. Yeah. You know? Don't, dis- don't discount your tickets. Uh, but you know, you can definitely knock 10% off a t-shirt or a mug or whatever it is that, that you're selling at your merch table. Oh, by the way, that's another great promotional opportunity. Your merch. Um, if you have a haunt that you're proud of, and if you have a haunt that people are fans of, of course they're going to want to wear your T-shirt. Or, of course, they're going to want to carry your travel mug around or or whatever knick-knack, giga, or tchotchke the, the, uh, the merchandise peddlers might be trying to get your logo on these days. One thing I like to use... I, I put my logo on this, and everybody loves this. I do mini flashlight keychains. And I give these away to haunt owners when I'm at conventions, because what do you always need when you're working in the haunt? You need a flashlight. Well, now you got one with my logo on it. That works well. Yeah. Do you think I, putting the QR code on them instead of particular dates would be good? That way you can... Anything you've got left over can be used the next year. Absolutely, yes. As long as the QR code leads to a link that will be available next year. Um, A nice thing about that is you're also collecting information that you can use for uh, direct marketing purposes. Uh, Another good thing that uh, a lot of haunts are using these days is creating their own app. Um, If you have... Uh, an app with your haunt's name on it, and you encourage people to download it, especially if that's a way for them to, you know, more easily buy a ticket or just flash a QR code, this is my ticket, or get some sort of extra for having the app on their phone. Well, not only does that make it more convenient for them, but it is also data capture for you. It's a marketing opportunity for you, especially if they will allow notifications from you when next season rolls around. So I try to look for these marketing opportunities that roll over from season to season. Trying to play the long game whenever possible usually will pay off for you. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to just get customers coming in this year. And you don't want just customers. You want believers. And you don't just want believers, you want fanatics, people who are going to come to you year after year after year. And when they do, they're going to keep bringing new people who are also going to become believers and fanatics. And that is how you grow. It doesn't get any simpler than that. You got to get into their heads. You got to get into their hearts and make them loyal to you forever. And these are just a few ways to do it. I want to remind everyone you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show with advertising extraordinaire, Mr. Dick Terhune, the usual co-host. We're going to take a very short break right now to pay some bills that help us advertise, and we'll be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Where are we? Jerry Bain 
takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, talking advertising and all sorts of things with the voice from hell, Dick Terhune. And Dick, I don't know if you saw this in the local newspapers or whatever, but I saw maybe a week and a half ago or so that uh, Google, which for many years was the most widely used website on the planet, has now been surpassed by TikTok. And, you know, you've mentioned TikTok is a, a fantastic source for advertising. And, you know, I, I don't want to get into generational things here, but, um, you know, I'd say that, um, you know, your demographic is probably using TikTok as opposed to Facebook or any of the stuff that seems to be more for older people. You know, my kids don't use Facebook and they don't ever talk about any of their friends using facebook they're all on instagram or they're all on tiktok and and you know how do you the fact that you said you read that article in a newspaper tells me everything i need to know i read it on an online newspaper so okay (laughs) it's all digital now okay i'm trying to be hip you you, you mentioned that drew and my daughter doesn't even have a computer she does everything on her phone wow which I guess nowadays that is the new computer, I suppose. But yeah, that's crazy. Just, you know, you know, we keep talking about is radio and TV dead or, you know, do we want to use newspapers for advertising? Well, we do if we want a bunch of 50 and 60 and 70 year old people going to our haunt, I guess. But if you want the college age and the high school kids going through, you know, they're the ones on doing the the TikTok and the Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah, that's where you've got to be. There's no question about it. Um, you know, and how do you, how do you convince the owners who may be in their fifties, sixties, or seventies that you know what worked back in you know two thousand five, it doesn't necessarily work in two thousand twenty two. Gosh, if we only knew a haunt owner who had put together a, a TikTok recently to promote their haunt, who could expound <laughs> on what happened? Well, I put together a TikTok for Banshee Manor of... What a coincidence! Um, <laughs> who would have thought um, Yeah, I, what I did was I have uh, an actor who is uh, has a very news reporter type of persona, and we basically staged a fake live remote from the local news station to report on this, this castle that has miraculously appeared um, out of nowhere. And there's rumors of a banshee being inside that is stealing souls. Um, and we just did the host thing with the crawler across the bottom and everything. And it, it was great. It, it got us a lot of traction and it was, it was such a great video even. Uh, not to, I can't pat myself on the back. It was my idea, but I had two staff members who put it together and edited it and everything. Um, so they're the ones who really did it. Um, but we even used it 
on the uh, the screen outside the haunt that just replayed. Uh, and then at the end of the video, it would show, you know, the dates and times and everything. And it just kind of was on a loop. Uh, but it was it was great. And, you know, I have to admit, a couple of years ago, one of my staff members had said, you know, hey, you, you should really think about doing TikTok. And and I was just like, eh, that just sounds stupid. I don't see how that could possibly apply to um, to marketing for the haunt. It just seemed like a, a waste of time to me. And then um, COVID happened. And everyone was suddenly home making TikTok. And I was like, oh, now I get it. And, yeah, so I do a TikTok just like a lot of haunts. There's actually a lot of great um, TikTok, haunted-related TikTok out there right now. There's a lot of haunts using it now. Well, first of all, Jonna, you should absolutely pat yourself on the back just a little bit. Because, okay. yeah, just, just a little, though, just a little. Uh, okay. Because, first of all, having the willingness to accept that and go with it is great. I mean, that's what more haunt owners need to do. If you're still trying to do, you know, the same old thing that you were doing in 2005 and you think that Facebook ads are a new and great idea, well, whippersnapper, um, maybe maybe you want to rethink that. I, I said it before. I'll say it again, and I'm sure I'll say it one more time at least before this program ends. You have to be where your audience is, what they're listening to, what they're watching, what they're involved with, what they're paying attention to. That's Instagram. That's TikTok. It's not even Twitter anymore. Um, you know, if your audience is taking mass transit, you could have signage on a bus or on a train. But that's that's only part of your blend. You have to get inside your audience's head. And I know we've talked about things like uh, tracking. A lot of people will do entrance or exit polls at their haunts and just ask the question, how did you hear about us? It's also a pretty painless thing to do if you sell your tickets online to include a how did you hear about us check one box when they purchase their tickets. It's all data collection that you can use. It's immediate. You are automatically, instantly, and clearly seeing where you're getting the returns on your advertising and marketing investments. And they are investments. They are not expenses. You're investing in your business. You're not just throwing money out the door. That would be an expense. You're investing in your business. You have to take it seriously. I know you take it seriously. Finding out what works is a huge, huge part of this. So, again, congratulations to you, Jana, for being an insightful and open and willing haunt owner who thought, you know, I'm not necessarily into it, but my audience is. So that's what I've got to do. That's what we all need to do. Yes, there are some great TikToks out there by haunts. Um, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. If you're going to, you know, imitate or at least be inspired by the works of other haunters, please choose from the best. Get inspired from the best. You don't want to do direct copies of things because that's not what we do. This is this is an industry of originality, but you can still get inspired by the efforts of the best in the business. 
If you were only going to look at three, I would say look at what Netherworld is doing, look at what 13th Floor is doing, look at what Dark Hour is doing, and see the quality of everything they do, whether it be a promotional video or a, a promotional still photo or a contest that they have going on or just how they handle their social media. Which leads me to another big question that I ask a lot of haunters. Do you have a social media manager? You probably have a head carpenter. Uh, you may have an actor manager. I hope you have both of those. Do you have a social media manager? This is someone who is responsible for a huge part of your presence. Someone who knows how to navigate TikTok, Instagram, and to a lesser degree, Twitter and Facebook. And it's very important that nothing, nothing involving your business gets posted, tweeted, or shared without their direct permission and your direct permission as the haunt owner. You must be very careful and very focused about what you're putting out to the audience via your social media into theirs. Get in the heads, get in the eyes, get in the ears, get in the hearts. That's how you do it. Things you don't ever, ever want to include in your, in your online posts. We made a lot of progress on building the sets today. Here are some of the costumes we bought for our actors at Transworld. Look at these great props that you're going to see when we open our doors in two months. You know what? That's not what people want. It's great for you. You're spending a lot of money on this stuff. And sure, you want to show off, but don't show it off now. This is a magician giving up the secrets. You can't do that. And your audience doesn't want that either. They want the show. They want to suspend their disbelief when they pay their ticket and they walk into that first dark room and they get the crap scared out of them by something they have never seen or experienced before. And then they laugh and they move on and they scream and they laugh and they have a great time and then they tell all their friends they're not going to give two craps if they've already seen it in daylight via your social media or your website. You're putting on a show. Make it a show. Don't give away the ending. Don't give away the secrets. All right. That's that rant. And nobody cares about how much square footage you have. Do not even get me started on square footage, Drew. <laughs> Do I not crack up get every me time. <laughs> I, every time I see someone put on their, you know, square footage, I was like, ooh, Dick would hate that. He, he oh, would yeah. so hate that. <laughs> Oh, and if you do, make sure you're playing Thriller in the background. <laughs> yes. well, with, with lots of thunder as well. You need you need thunder. Yeah, definitely. And chainsaws. Oh, always chainsaws. And try, to, chainsaws end, try, to, try to end your commercial with, if you dare. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love it because, you know, I have a medieval haunt and people will say, is there anyone with a chainsaw? Um, they didn't have chainsaws <laughs> in the medieval times, you know, and then they'll say, is, are there clowns in there? And of course my answer to that is no, because there were no clowns in the medieval time. 
Now, I, I never say anything about the jesters, but I'm well, not fighting. See, that's them. what I was just going to say. Maybe you have jesters. Maybe you I have chains. Have a, and maybe you have saws. But, you know, they don't necessarily all go together. I hmm. have a whole area of my haunt that's called the jester's revenge. And so it's my medieval take on the, the whole clown thing is in that they're all jesters. But I don't lie to people when they say, is there a clown? No. Absolutely There's not. Absolutely no. zero clowns out there. Well, that's no fun as a... As a Q actor, I'd lie to him all the time. Are there chainsaws down there? No, no, not at all. <laughs> Screaming from the background. I'm like, mm, I'm dressed like a devil. Why Why would you believe me? <laughs> uh, Dick, one thing I've, I've, you know, drives me nuts with having a marking background you hear is you'll want to help out a haunt and you ask them, all right. Who's your target audience? And they'll say everybody. But the next thing, which is driving me nuts and, and uh, rolls around to what you've been saying, is the other question that uh, is aggravating for haunts is, who's coming to your haunt? We've talked about a lot of neat um, ideas and stuff to do for advertising and marketing. Um, how can haunt owners and operators get to know their audience better to know which of these they should try and which is going to be the right direction. Well, we've touched on entrance and exit polling. Um, and, you know, also the idea of including a question on the ticket form. If you sell your tickets online, where did you hear about us? How did you hear about us? Check all that apply. I mean, those are just the easy ways to do it. Um, I suppose that if you're also sending your characters out to do promotional experience, uh, I'm sorry, promotional appearances, uh, for example, at Friday night football games. Um, you know, you, they might be handing out flyers or uh, discount on merchandise tickets or some other really cool thing that would require someone to actually go to the haunt to take advantage of it. If it's appropriate for that character to ask the question, do you know about Banshee Manor or whatever? Have you ever heard about us? It, it, characters are a great promotional piece. And if you have good actors who can actually step outside of the haunt and do something like that, and I say Friday night football games because oftentimes you're competing with Friday night football games. But if there's not a Saturday night football game, those people who were at the football game Friday could come to your haunt on Saturday or next Friday if they don't feel like going to the game. I always try to encourage haunters to get out into their community and get into events that are not necessarily haunt related. You know, exploit the relationships that you have with sports teams, with uh, with clubs, with, I, I don't know, are there still... Um, what are those things called? Like laser zones, laser tag. Does any, does anybody still have like laser tag places? Or yeah, that's actually where my haunt at, goes. At okay. the at the roller skating rink, you know, there's there's two or three left. Or or paintball ranges. I mean, these are these are all great places where you can engage with people who have come to have fun. Anywhere people show up to have fun, you want to be associated with that. So. Get your very best actors, get them dressed up, get them made up, get them out there for a little bit. You know, have handlers with them so they don't get overwhelmed. People will take selfies. Make sure that they're they're tagging the haunt in everything that's going out. 
it's it's really just very inexpensive and very good grassroots marketing that is also pretty much directly traceable to answer that question, who's your audience, where are they coming from, how did they hear about you? I mean, if if as a haunt owner you just put your mind to those places where people go in your community or in your market, like everywhere within an hour's drive of your front door, where do people go to spend money to have fun? That's the answer. That's where you should be. What do you think about parades? Like we have a big 4th of July parade. One, is that too early to be promoting your haunt? I'm going to guess you're probably going to say no. And then two, how do you, how do you feel about haunts doing, you know, like those type of parades, Veterans Day parades, um, gay pride parades, well, uh, Veterans Day parades, homecoming parades. Well, that's true. That's true. But if, yeah, if you have homecoming parade, oh yeah, that's perfect. Uh, Fourth of July parade, sure. Why not? Absolutely. I mean, if these are well attended events in your community, if, um, you know, if, if it's a place where your audience is showing up, then yeah, of course. I, I mean, it's certainly, if not free, cheap publicity for you, and it will have a cumulative effect. Um, you know, there, there are also some communities that do Halloween parades, but again, those are usually too late because you're already, your season may be over at that point. You know, by the time they get around to the very end of October, you want to be early on. So yeah, the, the 4th of July, the, the homecoming, the fall festivals, anything like that, you bet you got to be there. If it's my, fun, you need to be there. My daughters actually worked at a haunt that used to be in the Christmas parade every year. And they never did a Christmas event. They never did an off-season event. But if there was a parade going on in this area, they were there. Whether it was Christmas, whether it was Easter, whether it was Fourth of July or Memorial Day, they were they were there just, you know, throwing out candy. And they, they had, like, you know, the little candy wrappers that you can customize with just their website on it. And, you know, people are going to eat the candy and throw the wrapper away. But they might remember the name of that haunt yeah, for at least a, a while. If you got a zombie throwing a piece of candy at you, you're you're going to think about that. You're probably going to think about that. No, that's brilliant. I love that. Yeah, especially the uh, the the customized wrappers. And, because, and convert. Go ahead. Uh, because that's just you know yet another impression that is going to be made on the person who receives it. And I've had this when people have asked me about you know when I'm doing consulting work for some of these things. You know, I tell them if you have a local horror con or a local sci-fi or fantasy con in your area, buy a booth because people who go to the Days of the Deads, who go to the Horror Hounds, the people who go to, you know, flashback weekends and all that stuff, they are your audience, especially the horror people. There's not a single horror convention person out there that doesn't like haunted houses. And, and the Comic-Cons, yeah, the Comic-Cons don't just happen in San Diego and New York. There are comics mm -hmm. conventions, fantasy conventions all over the place. Yes, those are definitely places that you need to be. Yeah, Even and, paranormal and, conventions, too. Absolutely. Have a stack of applications. You know, They'll if you're sell you a table. A, sure. If you're is anybody writing this stuff down? This is gold. <laughs> Absolutely. Hold auditions while you're there. You know, if you're in July and, and you're at the local Comic Con going on and, you know, someone's interested, well, here's an application. Fill it out. Let's talk. And, and uh, County Fair was it, our biggest recruiting place. 
and wouldn't be interesting if you made videos of those auditions while they were there, and suddenly uh, TikTok shows up. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting indeed. So, gold, I tell you, gold. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch all that. I'm writing it down. Hold on. Wait. Okay, <laughs> I got it. Dick, one thing I did notice this year and the last couple of years with the pandemic is I probably have seen an increase in people using billboards along the interstates. You know, people are, you know, traveling still. People still have cars. People have places to go. And I just, I have seen, at least in the Carolinas, a marked increase of billboards over the last two or three years. You know, I might see one or two in an average year. And I probably saw a couple dozen for particular haunts. And some of them, you know, 50 miles away or 70 miles away. You know, I live in the Charlotte area. I was seeing advertisements for haunts in the Greensboro area, not too far out of Charlotte, which is just up the interstate. But still, you know, are those still really good investments for, you know, two, three months, put them out in August, take them out in October kind of things? Or or is that kind of also going the way of radio and TV? Mm, I think the jury is still out on that one. Uh, it was Leonard Pickle who gave me great advice about billboards, and it said you should buy one billboard that says, your name, Haunted House, this exit. Um, does it still hold true? I don't know. Is it like a traditional billboard, or are we talking digital billboards where you're now sharing space with, you know, maybe five, ten other advertisers and your ad just keeps cycling through. I would really honestly have to look at the return on that, you know, how much you're spending on it. I, I'm kind of curious about the distance that you mentioned, 50, 70 miles away. Well, again, you know, straight shot, you know, you can be there an hour away. And, you know, you, you I believe you mentioned earlier, you know, everything within an hour of where your haunt is. And, you know, if, yeah. if my haunt is 70 miles away, I can be there in an hour. Right. So right. the way that, you drive, it makes absolutely. sense to me, of course. But, you know, it, it makes sense to put them in and around, you know, 15 to 20 miles. But I, I've noticed them, and, and maybe that's why I noticed them, because they were farther and farther away than, than I expected to see them. Well, now, maybe well, I'm more sensitive to it than other people, but I do remember something that I saw along one of the interstates that, that I travel on frequently. Um, it's a, a tractor-trailer by the side of the road, and on it is a banner for a haunted hayride. This place isn't even in business anymore, but the tractor-trailer and the banner are still there. And I think about it every time I drive by, and there's a website on there, and I, I still occasionally try to go there, but nope, this website no longer exists. So I guess you could say, yeah, the billboards do get your attention. Maybe it's because I'm in the business that I notice this and I'm always looking for it. Also, this is something that is up perpetually. It's not like, you know, goes up in August, comes down in October. It's gotten you to check the website a few times. Yeah, hmm. that's true. That's that's hard to argue with. But uh, I, I guess <laughs> the best answer I can give is a is a qualified I don't know. If you're getting a great deal on billboards, sure. You know, if it's if it's driving people to your website, if it's driving ticket sales, absolutely. And I, I always and I guess 
I guess that needs to be part of your exit survey when you say, how did you hear about us? A, social media, B, radio, C, TV, D, billboards, E, and you flyers, should, Yeah, you should ask specific questions. Did you see our billboards? Did you hear or see our commercial? Do you follow us on social media? Why the hell not? Do it right now. I'm going to stand here over your phone while you click like and follow. Get Come on, do it, or you're not leaving. <laughs> any, any other questions from the hosts? Yes. Yes, I've got a question, Dick. Are you going to make an updated coffee mug? <laughs> I am always looking at doing that. Absolutely. The last time I made the Voice from Hell travel mug... I don't know, four or five years ago. So, yeah, we're due for a refresh on that one. Good, because I need a new one. <laughs> I don't I have, think I've I have, ever gotten one. Yes, mm. you have. I have, have I? Pers- I have personally given you at least two. <laughs> Did you give them away as door prizes? Shh, dang it. Uh, ah, see? But I bet you they checked your website. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. <laughs> So, Dick, so are you still do, doing um, uh, consulting and um, radio spots for people? I mean, is that still a business for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I still have, um, you know, clients throughout the U.S., Canada, um, the U.K., and, you know, it's we're almost like family now. These are people I work with every year, whether it be for radio commercials or as a voiceover for their video or TV um, a lot of them have actually brought me in to do uh, VOs for like animatronics or haunted portraits that they may have or uh, a reading of the rules. Because sometimes it's nice to just have a disembodied voice that will scare the crap out of you while while telling you what you can and can't do while you're here. Or, you know, I'll also do cue line audio. You know, there's... Yeah, there, there, there's a lot that I do, so it is absolutely an ongoing and much-loved time of the year and, and portion of business for me. Well, you know, we probably should start winding this down a little bit, but um, 2022 is an election year, midterms notwithstanding. It, it is an election year, and people are probably starting to buy up prime advertising spots as it gets towards early November, which is conveniently right after haunt season. When is an absolute best time to start if you're going to go radio or TV or even on social media? When should they start purchasing time slots for TikTok or Facebook or anything like that? Now. 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 Right now. (laughs) Right this second. Now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, you got to get in. You, you've got to do it. it. It may already be too late in some cases. Um, there's a flip side to the whole election year thing, too. I know that during an election year, I get so damn tired of all the political ads that I will just turn off traditional radio or traditional TV if, if I see something that I've seen a thousand times already and I just can't. And then, you know, that's when I'll go to my Pandora. That's when I'll go to Spotify or that's when I'll start looking at Twitter or TikTok or Facebook or whatever it happens to be. And the political advertising has driven me away. Now, if and I I have done this before, I have 
actually created ads that spoof political ads for haunted houses. Um, there was uh, one particular campaign I did for a haunted house in Toledo, Ohio, several years ago. It was a mayoral recall election. And so we took the icon character of the haunt and made him a candidate for mayor. And so it was a haunt commercial, but it was promoting this candidate for mayor. It worked out beautifully. They got great return on that. Wow. So, yeah, um, if I, I mean, it's something that will jump through. It's something that will 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 cut through the blah, blah, blah of the political ads. And people say, ah, OK, yeah, I like that. You guys are great. Uh, I've already seen one political ad for a senatorial candidate locally on Pluto TV. So, you know, 11 months out, they're already oh, yeah. starting and they're not so, going to get any less. So no, they're not. They're not. So, you know, again, the time is now. I would rather see five haunted house ads in a row than five political ads. And I'm sure you would, too. So get out there and start buying up that airtime. Because if we all bought all that airtime, candidates won't have any room to uh, purchase things. Hmm. There's an idea. <laughs> that was a great scene on Mad Men when um, the uh, when Don Draper's agency was tasked with, I think, buying advertising for, uh, was it Nixon's campaign? During the runoff between Nixon and Kennedy? It, it, anyway, the, the upshot is that the agency was unable to buy time for the candidate that they were supposed to be working for. So instead, they leveraged all their other clients to buy commercials for laxatives and, and, and grocery stores and, and, and automobiles and whatever. So they bought up all the airtime so the opposing candidate couldn't get it. And I thought... Oh, my God, that is genius. That is absolutely brilliant. I, I, don't, I don't know if you as a haunt owner are in position to buy up all the airtime so that, <laughs> you know, no competition exists. But if you are, God love you. Hmm. Any final questions from the hosts? Well, Dick Terhune, it's always a pleasure to have you here on The Big Scary Show talking advertising, marketing, and, of course, A Christmas Carol. So, in a nutshell, for people who are haunted house owners, attraction owners, escape room owners, things like that, they want to know more about your voice services and other things that you do, they want to talk to you or maybe wondering if you're going to be at a particular convention and things, where can they get that information as well as, as you mentioned earlier, if you are in a town that has a lively theater scene and maybe you would like to bring Dick Terhune to your town, if you have a four or 500-seat theater to do his one-man version of A Christmas Carol, where can people get that information? How can they get a hold of you, find out more about your services? Well, if I were those people, I would go immediately to Dick Terhune dot com d-i-c-k-t-e-r-h-u-n-e dot com there you will find my demos you'll find information about the one-man christmas carol and you know yeah i mean 
we all know that the haunted attraction industry is probably composed of the most creative people on the planet who don't just do Halloween stuff. You've got actors, actors, no theaters, actors, no directors, actors, no venues. I do this one man Christmas Carol. I modestly say it is a wonderful show and I love doing it. And yeah, if you've got a 400 seat or less theater that you think might benefit from this, go to dickterhune.com, contact me and, and I'll take it from there. Excellent. Again, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, once again, where will you be appearing this year, convention-wise, for haunters who may be uh, looking to speak to you in person? Right now, I'm planning to be at West Coast Haunters, which is in May in Portland, Oregon, and at Midwest Haunters, which is in June in Chicago. And before we wrap up, do you mind if I do a quick book review? By all means. I, and I think everybody here, are of an age where we remember the great late-night horror movie hosts. You know, when we were we, we were 10, 11, 12, whatever, we would camp out in front of the TV at 10.30 on a Saturday night to watch these great or sometimes not-so-great old movies, and they were usually hosted by some macabre and wacky character like... Um, Zachary, Svengooley, Count Gordival, and there was one who was particularly fond to me, Dr. Sanguinary. He was the host of Creature Feature in Omaha, Nebraska, and anyone who grew up in range of this TV show during the early to mid-70s, you remember Dr. Sanguinary, because not only was he a a star on this show. This was the reason you tuned in. You didn't care about the movie. You tuned in to watch Dr. Sanguinary. Um, he also did so much work for charity and, you know, in and out of the limelight. He was a great guy. I got to meet him a few times as a child. He, he died at the age of 46, unfortunately. And, you know, this was back in the eighties when he passed, but he is still very, very fondly remembered. Now, why do I give you all this backstory? Because I just finished a book called The Dr. Sanguinary Scrapbook. And it's beautiful. It is a, a loving tribute to not only Dr. Sanguinary, but to horror hosts of the age and really a bygone era. So if you have a fondness in your heart for things like that, and if you remember Dr. Sanguinary, uh, I would recommend you go to CreatureFeatureTV.com slash scrapbook and order a copy. You will love it. There are also other books available uh, on the horror hosts. And if you go to Amazon and Google books about horror movie hosts, you'll see a few of them that are wonderful. Um, you know, just lots of good memories. And it reminds me kind of how and why I got into this business because you know, if it hadn't been for these late-night horror hosts showing me Dracula and Frankenstein and the Wolfman and the Invisible Man and, you know, the lesser ilk of movies, other than that, would we all be here talking? I doubt it. But that's my book review. It's a great thing. You'll enjoy it. If you're into nostalgia, if you're into horror and the horror movie hosts, yes, take a look. Maybe find a book or, or a story about a horror host that you grew up with. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. <laughs> 
I, I should also say that for people, if they go into our archives, I believe our show number eight had not one, not two, not three, but five late night horror hosts. Oh, and yes. that show was such a cluster. Because <laughs> <laughs> just with, sure. with, with everybody all over the country and everything, just, just go back to our archives. It's, I believe show number eight. It is. We're going to have to, we're going to have to, we're going to, we're going to have to go back and do another one of these late night horror hosts. There's still a few around and maybe some retired ones in the stories that they have. But once again, Mr. Dick Terhune of Litchfield, Connecticut, thank you so much for taking the time to be here on the Big Scary Show. Go to dickterhune.com if you're interested in his services or maybe bringing him to your town for a one-man version of A Christmas Carol. I also want to thank our wonderful hosts. Without none of this would be possible, including Storm. You know, I always get excited with this conversation with marketing and the great ideas by Dictor Hune, but I might need some professional help because even I'm not representing a haunt currently, but I'm looking up, you know, getting creative and looking up the costs of airplane banner advertising. Yeah, you do need professional help. (laughs) (laughs) Also want to thank Meat Hook Jim. Always a pleasure to talk to the voice from hell, and uh, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think and you've said enough. That's okay. That's all right. You're you're honest about it. Also, want to thank the old crone, aka Jonna. Dick, I will honor Christmas, aka Halloween, in my heart, and try to keep it all the year. You want me to do my ghost of Christmas yet to come impersonation again? I can do it. Yes, yeah. please. Okay, are you ready? Here I'm it ready. Okay, here. This is the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Did you feel the chill? Did you get it? I love it. Yeah. I did. I did. Yeah, okay. I got chills. Bravo, sir. <laughs> my name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina, wanting to say that for the first time in nearly 10 years of podcasting, we have finally used the word Gigaw on this show. And I'm this glad I'm the, the one who used it. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the Round Table of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. So bear with me, guys. A Big Scary Show banner behind the airplane flying through the arch in St. Louis to go over Trans. Storm, oh, stop. Brilliant. Jim, can you, brilliant. Mute him? <laughs> can you mute him? Can you mute him? I would if I wanted to. <laughs> for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions, with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. Die Monster Die. Lucky number 666. 
on the Big Scary Show. Hey girls, look right over there, do you see my limousine? It only goes to show just how we roll. I'm the man with the fan in the ball of my hand, I'm the star you come to see strong mom before the night grows old. I got your backstage pass to Satan, baby, keep it safe here in my pants. So reach right in my pocket, honey, grab a handful of romance. Lucky number 666. This is all the truth, son of a bitch. Lucky number 666. Virgin Mary's turning tricks. Discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright find will make in your haunt listing. Greetings, listeners, Greetings, listeners. And, welcome. and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip Don't over, that, trip torso. over that, torso. that torso. It's time, it's time. for Between, between the, the Corpses. corpses. 
Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here, and on this episode of Between the Corpses, I'm going to backpedal to the early civilization of ancient Egypt in an entry titled Death by the Nile. Capital punishment could be handed down by both regional judges and the Kenbet, as well as the supervising vizier. There were various state-sanctioned methods of execution, among them hanging, beheading, and strangulation. Death by burning was thought to destroy the condemned's ba, the human-headed bird that represented the soul. In death, it was considered vital for the ba to reunite with the deceased's ka, or spirit partner. Political malcontents were constantly reminded of the power of the king. A damaged boundary market placed by a royal gold mining expedition at Kyrgyz on the Nile proclaimed the following warning from Thutmose I. If any Nubian oversteps the decree which my father Amon has given to me, his head shall be chopped off for me, and he shall have no heirs. Adultery was considered a terrible crime. Women were perceived as temptresses who lured away weak but essentially innocent men. The Westcar Papyrus, a series of stories about King Khufu's regime from 25 to 28 BC, recorded how a cheating wife was burned alive, her ashes scattered on the Nile. Other folk stories tell of unfaithful wives being killed and thrown to dogs to eat. The Greek historian Sicilus, writing in the 1st century BC, claimed that adulterous Egyptian women had their noses cut off. The priest Natas Amun, who worked in the great temple of Karnak at Thebes 3,000 years ago, was mummified with his mouth open and tongue protruding, which suggests he was strangled. While it is not unknown for priests to be executed, there is no telltale damage to the delicate hyoid bone in his neck. His body is preserved, but the cause and reason of death remain unknown. Well, there's another chapter in the history of torture and execution by Gene Calloway. We will catch you on the next episode. Quit asking questions or leave town. Maybe folks felt if they didn't talk about the thing, it would go away. But these curious college boys wouldn't stay away from Black Lake. And that was a mistake. The creature from Black Lake is coming to a theater near you, a Jim McCullough production.
time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> Join me as I sip on my elixir to ward off the plague and discuss logos for your haunted attraction. More often than not, your logo is the first point of contact that you make with your customers. And you know what they say, you only get one chance to make a first impression. So put careful thought into your logo. Now admit it, we all took a try at designing our own logo when we first started. If you're artistic or have a background in graphic design, you were probably pretty successful at this. But if you're like me, you're having to rely on a professional. Unfortunately, it took a few tries. Let me tell you how that went. The first one was a friend who said he'd do it for free. Uh, let's just say you get what you paid for. Still friends, but I didn't use his design. The second was a freelance graphic designer who I met with to discuss what I was looking for. We agreed on a price and a deadline for the first draft. She had a great portfolio when I was very optimistic. Well, the deadline passed, and I reached out to her, and she had some excuse, which I accepted, and we set a second deadline, which then also passed with no contact from her. So, once again, I reached out to her, and this person literally had fallen off the face of the earth. Fortunately, I did not pay her anything up front. The third attempt was an online company, which promised professional logos within 48 hours for only $50. Again, you're going to get what you pay for. In this case, it was clip art with a random word font over it. <laughs> Trust me, it was something I can do for myself on Word. It's not something that yeah, I'm willing to pay for. Again, I didn't pay up front, so I refused the design and moved on. I'd looked at a lot of hot logos, and I knew the look I was wanting, so I didn't give up until I got it. And yes, quality cost more. But I absolutely love my logo, and I don't regret a penny that it cost. Now, to help keep you from making the same mistakes I did, I recently asked dark visual designer Chad Savage of Sinister Visions for some tips on finding a designer for your logo. First, I asked him, what is the most important thing to look for when hiring a designer? He said to look for professionalism, good communication skills, and a portfolio of previous work, preferably in the genre you're looking for. Second, what are some red flags? We agree that if what the designer is telling you doesn't match the work in their portfolio, red flag. If they don't provide references or don't want you to talk to any of their past customers, red flag. And I will add, if they want full payment up front, red flag. And, of course, the inability to follow deadlines. Red flag. Third question, what separates a bad logo from a good one? Legibility and concept communication. If the viewer, A, can't read it, or B, doesn't immediately get an idea of what the company in question does, then the logo designer has failed in their task. Another item I'm going to add is... Make sure you get vector files from your designer. These are needed if you want to be able to do any digital advertising, t-shirts, etc. Your designer will know the importance of these files. I want to thank Chad for assisting me with this segment 
as I watch the fire die down. If you have questions or suggestions for any other topics, please contact me at Scream at Banshee Manor. Until then, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com Dr. Frankenfingers An Unholy Citadel On the Big Scary Show
As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenline Studios, Dark Imaginings, Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Creepy Collection, and Von Caron Productions. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse, as well as the four hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor, Trainer, and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, The Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com, and finally you, without you the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.